Welcome to Living Intentionally with Elizabeth. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm inviting you to join me on a journey to find total wellness in mind, body, and spirit, as well as unbecoming anything that we're not in order to embody who we truly are. Each episode focuses on one specific area, and the goal is to provide thought-provoking ideas as well as easy-to-implement practices that you can start today. This is a place for compassionate self-development, and I am so happy to have you here with me. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm excited to say that today's episode is my first guest episode of 2022, uh, year two of the podcast with none other than Bobby Dysart. He is the student of intention. Um, and if you didn't already know, he uh, is the author of the book, The Five Buckets, which is a framework for living with intention. It's a really cool book that I got to read. Um And it's uh, a mixture of, you know, a typical book, but also an interactive workbook at the back um, to help you not only read to learn about living with more intention, but also being able to take a concrete step towards bringing that into your own life, which is really cool. Um, Highly recommend. Um, So today's episode, if you're interested in learning more about the book, you're in the right spot. We chat about it. We chat about what the five buckets actually are, how he came to write this book, um, but also talking about things like being present in the moment, taking action uh, rather than just making intentions. Um, And uh, he talks about his uh, kind of mantra for life, which is don't wait, start small, learn as you go. So I will leave it here and let you uh, hear my conversation with Bobby. Okay. Hi, Bobby. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Honored, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm going to just jump right in um, and hoping you can take the first little bit to tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so um, with this question, I usually like to start with my family. Uh, I married my wife, Tracy, in 2019, and we have a small dog named Bernie. Uh, We live in Newport Beach in Southern California. And uh, I'm kind of, uh, my my latest venture is in endurance sports. Big fan of Ironmans and um, marathons. I'm training for a full marathon in March. And really take care of my health and, you know, my diet, my meditation practice. And then uh, work-wise, I've been in tech sales leadership my whole career and basically building small or building sales teams at small startups. And in 2019, I started my own business uh, doing that freelance Uh, and been doing that ever since. And, uh, and yeah, I had this little awakening, I guess we could call it. And at the end of 2020, where I finally wrote my first book, a book called The Five Buckets. It's a framework for living with intention. And really over the last year and a half, I've been just burrowing down the rabbit hole of what it means to live an intentioned life. And I think that's why we're talking today. 
That's great. Yeah. Um, that is why we're talking today is your <laughs> awesome book and talking about living intentionally. So I'm glad that you provided me with that great segue. Um, so I did get to read your book and I loved it. Um, very much up my alley as the host of a podcast called Living Intentionally. Uh, very aligned there. Um, and for me, two kind of big, important themes emerged for me. So I want to ask you about both. Um, and the first one obviously pertains to being present in the moment. I think it's safe to say that's a huge pillar of living with intention. Um, but you mentioned in your book that like so many of us you used to spend lots of time worrying about the future. And one quote in particular got me. It was, I was either dwelling on the day I would lose it all or fixating on the day when millions of dollars would roll in. So can you talk about what it was like being in that that mindset for you? Well, yeah, at first it sucked. It, it's just, <laughs> it wasn't great. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I think we all go there from time to time. But mm-hmm. Um, before I answer that question, I'm, I'm just really glad you brought up um, this idea of presence and, and living in the present moment because, um, you know, th- that was something I stumbled upon really early in um, subscribing to the framework that I detail in the book, and um, that was definitely prevalent in in the book um, for for good reason. And I think you call attention to it with good reason, and at the same time, like living with intention is just such a broad idea and such a broad subject. And it means so many different things to so many different people and their, you know, their different lives. But I do think that that's um, a, a really, really important point and, and worth drawing, you know, redrawing attention to. Um, Thank you. But, but yeah, in, in terms of that moment at that, at that point, um, and, and I think I've kind of always dealt with this a little bit. Um, I, I, I think I've, I've always been driven by fear. Um, both in good ways and bad ways. Um, and it's just, I, I think that emotion is something I've just always grappled with my whole life. Um, I like to think that it, it actually is what made me a really good athlete and a really good um, student and got me through college and got me through my first, um, you know, struggling years of, of being in sales out here in Southern California um, because I was motivated by the feeling of not wanting to lose, not wanting to fail. Um, again, being motivated by fear, but the downside of that is you're constantly, you know, at least I found myself constantly thinking like, okay, this is going to, this is going to feel right. This is going to get me over that hump. And, you know, and it's funny, like, you know, you know, my friends, you know, my, my peers and coworkers, they look at my life as, you know, successful for sure. And they would say that, you know, my wife would say, uh, I'm very successful and, if you look at my career, it's painted, you know, paints a really good picture of going from, you know, sales manager at a very young age to uh, sales director, vice president, and then ultimately opening my own business. And yet, you know, when I look back at it, I look at it as constantly saying, okay, once I got past one hump, um, sort of these next, you know, fears or anxieties just kind of crept up. And in 2019, that or in 2020, which I reference in the book, like, that point of time was really frustrating because I was like, man, I've like, I've kind of done everything I wanted to do. You know, I was a sales leader at a startup and now I've been running my own business. And yet here I am just sort of in this weird spot of just dwelling on the past or fixated on the future. And yeah, it's just, uh, I think to, to kind of go that far and, and again, like 
have a, a loving family, I have, you know, success in all the work I've done and to, you know, have a, a good network of friends and, um, you know, relationships to just, to just feel that, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis was just, just brutal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. Um, and I think it's that mindset that so many people kind of fall into of when I get that next thing, that is what's going to make me happy or safe or content. Um, but then we realize that like, then we accomplish it and we're, we still don't have whatever feeling we're looking for. Cause it's not that next job that is actually going to give it to us. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think we fight this in sales a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, I think everybody to your point deals with it where we, we have this mindset of like doing things in lieu of getting somewhere or doing something just for the sake of an outcome. And that's very prevalent in sales. Like literally since I was 24, um, every action I took was um, uh, in order to build up to a number, to some quota, to some goal to hit on a monthly or quarterly basis. And I think I just sort of <laughs> subscribed to that mindset for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, it presents some challenges. Mm -hmm. So how did you sh start to shift from being fixated on the past or the future into being more present in the moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it was a long time coming. I think um, that you know that that time was needed for 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 whatever reason. I I kind of needed to have that um, end of twenty twenty law where mm -hmm. um, I just went inward and um, just recalibrated how I was going about life. But um, I talk about it in the book this this retreat. I'm I'm just forever grateful that. Um, my friend Kenny invited me to this retreat out in Idlewild, California. It was a men's retreat and something I'd never done before. And I pretty much just said yes, because he's a really nice guy and somebody I don't want to disappoint. <laughs> and, um, you know, went there not not really looking for anything and, and not totally knowing that I was really in a hole that I had to dig myself out of. You know, I think that kind of came more, you know, several months later after reflecting on this time and writing about it. Um, but I went either way and it was just an incredible experience. It was, you know, three days out in the desert, um, 20 of just the most like empathetic, connected and, you know, friendly men that, um, that really I've ever been around. And we did, you know, things that I've just never done. We, we kind of did all the personal growth, um, things you might think of, um, maybe even in a cliche way, you know, we did, um, you know, sharing circles, you know, meditation sessions, um, tons of yoga, uh, you know, ice cold plunges into, uh, into baths and, um, nature hikes, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but at n near the end, I just, um, you know, I think just the combination of, of the, the men that we were around and, um, just the actions that I had taken kind of led me to this, mm, this just, this awakening for lack of a better word, where this idea for the, uh, for the book actually it wasn't a book at that point. It was just a mindset or a framework, I should say, just sort of seized my mind. And, um, after that I started practicing it. Really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. How did it transform? Cause you mentioned it started as this idea or this mindset. Um, what was that kind of turning point for you to say, I, I want to make this into a book. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, in that retreat, like there was this, this specific moment I was sitting, um, we were sitting in a circle and we were meditating and one of the leaders was singing um, an acoustic guitar song called I Pure by Franco Hecke. And I'd never heard the song. It's a you know pretty spiritual song, borderline religious. And um, this chorus caught me, this chorus where he says the word, I pray for guidance or the words I should say, I pray for guidance. And you know that feeling when something just sort of strikes you as something you didn't know you were looking for? Yeah, that's what happened. And that word guidance just kind of, it really broke me down. I was like, man, I didn't know I was looking for guidance, but that's the word. Like that's, that's what I'm after. That's why I'm feeling, you know, these fears, this anxiety is I just want a way out, man. And um, yeah, I kind of broke down right there. Like I think in a good way, I had a little bit of a, a cry, a little bit of a chuckle and just felt really relieved um, that even I just stumbled upon that idea that that's what I was looking for. And then um, this, this, this idea for naming intentions across these five areas of life just sort of came into my brain and I wrote it down on my notebook. And um, that was just for me. It was like, it wasn't for anybody else. It was like, man, I, I think I need this right now. I think, to, I think this is a little plan that's going to you know, give me some guidance. And as soon as I got home, um, I just started practicing it. I had, had no idea it was going to be a book by any stretch. It wasn't until maybe seven weeks in of, of working through the framework. I was like, man, this experience is pretty cool. I'm, I'm really, really finding uh, myself in this, in this experience. And maybe I should write this thing down. I love it. Um, before I ask about the actual buckets themselves, I wanted to talk about that other thing that really just stuck out for me in the book, which was about taking action and that difference between you know, I have an intention to do something uh, versus actually taking an action towards completing that thing. And, um, you know, there's a full page in your book in big letters that says, don't wait, start small, learn as you go. I think it's your Instagram bio as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to gander a guess that these this saying is really important to you. Um, hoping you could talk more about that, the idea of taking action. Yeah, that little phrase has, has done wonders for me over the last year and a half. Um, you know, and I think it's simply stated, but but very effective. And um, and and you know, the word is action. I think um, you know to go back to your question of like, how did I actually shift from being focused um, on the future and, and then you know living more in the present? It it did come from action. You know, I um, and an action that was brought on by those uh, by that framework. But I started to just kind of punctuate my life with little tiny moments of experience. Um, and it was across these different different areas. But I found in doing that, um, that 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 action is what really, you know, gave me the experience of life. It kind of kind of zapped me into the different um, areas of life and, and appreciating those areas of life. Um, and it it really wasn't uh, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> um, <laughs> As, as ironic as that sounds, it just, it just sort of happened. I think, um, in particular, I remember one intention, um, just, uh, I think I just made the intention of, of making some butternut squash soup. And, you know, again, it seems like such a, mm, such a, a subtle goal, if you will. Right. Um, but, but in doing this, this thing that I'd never done that I just kind of wanted to do. And 
sort of approached it with this like childlike mentality where it's almost like a bit of play. And I just started to notice that the more little moments like that, um, you know, cooking or journaling or, or running these, these things that were actually counterintuitive to almost everything I've lived my life, which is, you know, with a, an intended consequence or in lieu of a goal had actually kind of, uh, had accomplished the goal of giving me that presence that I was looking for. Mm, I love that. And I always love adding a bit more curiosity, a bit more play and doing things just for the sake of doing them. So that's a great, I'm glad that you brought up that point. Um, and you mentioned the different buckets and I'm hoping now I can ask you to tell us what the five buckets are, um, and just briefly go, um, into what each one is. Sure. Sure. So the five buckets are again, five areas of life. So the first one is relationship bucket. Second is creativity bucket. Third is the health bucket. Fourth is the learning bucket. And fifth is the work bucket. And everybody always asks if, you know, one or more is important than the other. And no, I mean, they're, they're all five there for a reason. And, um, I definitely suggest, um, you know, naming three intentions across each bucket on a weekly basis, um, not necessarily doing five and one or one and the other. And at the same time, I, I do have a little bit of a, a ranking order. I do think relationships first and foremost um, dictate so much of our lives and, you know, deserve that, that sort of top spot of attention. And then, and then secondly, creativity, um, which is probably the bucket that gets the most head scratching. Um, I actually think is, is just right up there. Um, maybe for that reason, but, uh, um, because it does get so disregarded so much. Um, but, but I, I actually think it's really, really important and something that, um, that I've just really started experiment, experiment to the fullest extent over the last few years. Really cool. And like you said, um, you know, your intentions don't have to be huge. Making a delicious butternut squash soup can definitely be on your list and they can just be small things that you can work into building up to bigger things, right? Yeah. I mean, like the mantra says, don't wait, start small, learn as you go. And um, I think we just, you know, we, we need to more and more create a lower barrier to entry of the things that we want to experience, of the stuff that we want to do you know, as humans, we're just so good at thinking about stuff, um, you know, just getting lost in thought and, and sort of living out um, experiences, you know, good and bad before they actually happen. And, um, you know, in, in going through that process, I, I actually started to have a word for it. I, I, I have this word of um, basically perceptual context versus experiential context. You know, and before you take an action, you're sort of making all of your decisions based off of perceptual context. Like, as an example, if, you know, if you ask somebody, Elizabeth, have you ever read? Have you ever written a book? No. <laughs> no. And, and how do you feel about like what it would take to write a book? Yeah, like it seems like a gigantic undertaking. <laughs> right. It seems pretty daunting and, and, and rightfully so, like you've never done it. Mm -hmm. So you only have your perception um, to sort of reason what that would, what that undertaking might, uh, might command. Mm. And yet if you would sit down and just write one page, just one page, 
you would instantly have what I call experiential context. And who knows, maybe you might not write that book, but you'd at least be able to make a more informed decision. You'd at least have some of that experience to draw upon and less of just that, mm, that tension, that fear, that anxiety um, that maybe exists when you just think about it as opposed to experiencing it. Oh yeah, I totally agree. There's been so many times in my life where I'm like putting off a task and it just seems to get bigger and bigger in my mind. And then it literally takes like 10 minutes to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it I, wasn't as hard. And you know, it's like, I think I've why? relearned that lesson every single yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a great point that you bring up. So I'm glad you did. Um, and yeah, I want to go into next. If somebody's listening to this, they're brand new to living with intention, but they want to start making that shift slowly. Um, we have been talking about, you know, doing small things all along, but do you have a specific um, recommendation of something small that they could maybe try today? Yes. Go to studentofintention.com and order the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read that book and, 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 and you know, let's, let's see where it takes you. But no, I mean, actually, I want to put it back on you, Elizabeth. I, I, you know, I wanted to kind of continue our last, um, our last thought about starting small, right? Like a podcast is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. And from what I can tell you're 58 episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wild. <laughs> I mean, I would say out of my, if I were to take a hundred people, I know I bet 90 of them have had an idea for a podcast, <laughs> mm, Yeah. But, but almost none of them get to 58 episodes. So what was it like for you, if you could go back in time to start, to start your podcast? Oh yeah. And that's so true. I remember thinking those, those thoughts that come into your head, like, well, do I really have a good idea or can I really do this? Who am I to think that I could do a podcast? But the only difference was like just actually doing it. I downloaded this free app to start that like lets you report, record your podcast for free um, and hosted and everything. And then just like made an episode and it's took no, no time at all. <laughs> and listening back to it, it's not my best episode by any means, but it started me on the path where I feel like I blinked and you're right. I'm at 58 episodes now, which is crazy. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and we just, I think when we think of what we want to do, we just don't, dissect that very, very small stage of just in your case, downloading an app and then having, um, you know, having a little bit of curiosity to actually record that first episode. And it just keeps us from experiencing things. Um, more often than not, I, uh, I was just talking with a friend that I meet with every Friday, we have coffee together and we talk about our week and the different things that we want to do. And, um, I hadn't seen him in a while and he, he had had a pretty good um, kind of health regimen of, of just uh, of just running almost every day um, before before the new year hit. And I hadn't seen him in about six weeks and um, he, he had had this goal down to lose a bunch of weight and to reach a certain level of body fat. And um, I guess he had just put this goal out there uh, about a week and a half ago. And he was pretty down because he's like, yeah, I, I haven't done anything on that. Like, I, I haven't figured it out. I think I need to go hire a trainer. And he kind of just went down this this rabbit hole of judgment and of bad thoughts. And I'm like, 
listen, John, like you, when I, when I saw you last, like you, you just ran every day. Cause you like to run on the beach. When was the last time you did that? And he's like, I haven't done it. And I was like, well, you're, you're fixated on this goal, but man, like, like how about just today? It's Friday. It's beautiful here in Southern California. Like just go out and run today. You know, just go out and run on that beach. Even if you only get a mile in two miles in, what have you, like you're that much closer to basically becoming the person that you want to become. And you'll, you'll, you'll get to that goal in no time, but he's got to sort of spur himself into action. So that's what I would give, you know, to, to anyone that maybe wants to live more intention, wants to live, live with more intention, wants to get a little bit more present is literally take the smallest little experience. It could be, you know, texting somebody that you want to meet up with. It can be um, making some butternut squash soup. It can be, um, you know, picking up a, a ukulele or a guitar and just, you know, uh, browsing, you know, YouTube lesson for 10 or 15 minutes and just, and just experience it. Don't go into it with this mindset of like, I've got to get to a certain level and I've got to churn through as many of these experiences as I can. Like there, there's no clock on this thing called life. It's, uh, it is, you know, it, it are, it is what we make it. And I think that we, we do ourselves justice when we more try to savor an experience as opposed to churn through it. Oof, I love that. <laughs> so well said and so true. So yeah, to those listening that want to just try something <laughs> new, just try it in the smallest way possible and just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody I goes small hurt. enough. Like anybody, I've had, I've had this conversation about intentions and goals and habits. And, you know, whenever somebody asks me about the book, friend, you know, peer or otherwise, it's, it's, it, it always sort of gets, mixed up with, with those three terms. And no, I can tell you every single time I have the conversation, they never start small enough. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, what if I want to lose 10 pounds? Okay. Well, like, like they're like, I'm going to go to the gym three days a week. Like, okay, no, 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 let's, let's, let's back it up. How about, how about you just go for a walk outside? Mm -hmm. you know? Give, give yourself that agency to, to smart, to start really small. Mm -hmm. I think we have a bad habit of looking at others and it's like, oh, I see somebody who's whatever, going to the gym every day and lifting hundreds of pounds and all this stuff. So you think you have to start there um, when really like just only compete with yourself. Like what did you, did you not go for a walk yesterday? You can go for a walk today and you've already lapped your progress. <laughs> you've already won. That's right. That's, That's right. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so have you in your own life implemented any new practices recently that you find maybe helpful or interesting or maybe a game changer? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely meditation. I, um, you know, for, for being a quote unquote student of intention for the last year and a half, you know, I didn't really meditate much. Meditation has always been this like elusive habit that I've wanted to subscribe to. And, and yet, you know, I, I felt sort of more mindful, if you will, from, from going for runs on the beach. And so I, I kind of felt over the last year and a half, like I was, like I was checking that box. Um, just enough right through journaling through through running and uh it wasn't till it wasn't until actually i read um i read james clear book uh, atomic habits 
where in the book he talks about habits, habit stacking, that I was able to end my morning journal routine, um, which is about three pages of, of un, unscripted writing. It's called Morning Pages by, uh, it's a famous book by, um, by Julia Cameron. But anyway, um, after that morning session, I listened to Sam Harris's uh, guided meditation, uh, an app called Waking Up. I think he calls it uh, Vipassana, I believe, is the kind of me meditation. But I've, I'm just like, I'm super stoked because for the last, uh, we'll say four months, I've been really able to stick to it. And, and talk about starting small, it's 10 minutes. It's literally a 10 minute guided meditation. I have to put in my AirPods and, and just sit quietly and, and basically listen to, to Sam's instructions. And um, for the longest time, I couldn't, I couldn't commit to that. But, but doing that um, has really, really changed the game for me. That's really cool. Um, and I meant to ask you earlier as well, student of intention, that's your website. You send out, um, really cool emails. Um, but I like the choice of words. So why did you choose student of intention? Usually people who are like, they're like professional at intention. <laughs> uh, why did you choose the word student? Cause I'm a student. I'm going to always be a student. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that, now that was definitely intentional. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think we we all uh, you, know, you know we all want to be masters, right? We want to master life, and yet that's just impossible. It really is, and, and and so it does. I think it does us no good to sort of fool ourselves into thinking we know everything about anything. Um, so I like to throw that student out there with purpose. That um, you know, I'm certainly open to sharing as much as I can that I learn along the way but I'll be the first to tell you that I'm not a master <laughs> of intention, of sales, of, you know, learning, of, um, you know, kindness, mindfulness, any of it. I'm, I'm definitely a student first and foremost. I love it. I love that mindset because it's true. We always have more to learn. And we, if we're not open to learning new experiences like that, we won't, we won't grow. So I love that. Um, I only have one official question left. It's the one I like to ask all my guests, and that is, what does living intentionally mean to you? Uh, you know, <laughs> TBD, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the good and bad of this journey um, for me has been that it's, it's just never ending. Um, so, so, and some days I feel like, I feel that sort of negatively. I feel like, man, I just climbed over all these mountains. Why is there more mountains? And then other days I feel positively, right? Where I feel like, oh no, dude, this is just the journey. Again, you're a student, um, you know, revel in this experience, just enjoy the ride. Um, but, but, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, living intentionally, like the, the latest definition I would say is, is taking every day, one day at a time. Um, and just, and just doing as much as I can to really savor every moment, you know, um, it, it, it's as simple as, you know, pausing before I, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I think one of my most like intentional moments is I, I make, and I make a concerted effort to do this. My, my alarm goes off at usually about five twenty, and I usually sit there for about 10 minutes. And then before I get up and just grab my dog, Bernie, who sleeps by my side. And I just, I just snuggle him. 
and I just tell him how much I love him. And it's literally like a three, four minute moment in pitch black dark that nobody else knows about. And it's like, just being able to have that, like, I feel so grateful that I even get to be able to do that and have such a cool dog and like just such a great life that I'm able to do that. And it's like, if from, from the moment I wake up, I can appreciate sort of a three minute moment with my dog, then it just sets me on the course to do that with, you know, my morning coffee, with my morning journaling, with, you know, the, the, the people I interact with for work, the moments with my wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank um, you for asking. It's, it's, I love talking about this stuff, man. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad I got to ask the student of intention what <laughs> living intentionally meant to him. So that was fun. Um, I, I mean, I got to throw it back on you. I, as a podcast ooh. host, I know these conversations can be one-sided and um, <laughs> as a person who's 58 episodes in to, you know, figuring out her own journey with intention, what, what does it mean to you? Oof. Yeah. You're putting me on the spot, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, what you said about it always changing really resonated with me because I feel like I learned something and I'm like, oh yes, I understand it now. Now I get it. And then like a month later, I'll learn or realize something else. And I'm like, oh, this is what it means. Mm. Um, but for me, it's, I always use that example of like making my morning coffee and it can go one of two ways. It's, it can be, I turn on my Keurig and I'm thinking about things that I have to do today and, you know, not noticing it at all. And then just drinking it mindlessly. Mm. Um, or I could like be so thankful that I have a cool new Keurig machine with delicious coffee in it and it makes it for me and I can sip it and think about how happy I am that I'm in my warm, beautiful house and all these things. Um, so to me, that's kind of what it is, is like finding those little moments, um, that we often take for granted. Um, and maybe that does sound kind of like your answer with your moments with your dog of like, just reveling in that moment. Um, that you could easily have just gotten out of bed, said good morning to your dog, and and started on your way. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I th I think you know, reveling in those moments, to use your words, it 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 sort of brushes up against the paradox of life, which is, you know, we we and 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 it's really interesting nuance when you talk about intention because you know intention can have this word of like it can have this meaning of want of desire of control. And that's definitely not it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think living with intention, you have to straddle this, this paradoxical line of like, yes, I want to do everything in my power to influence the way I live. And I need to be totally comfortable knowing that I may not have any impact on it. And it may yep. just be totally different than I expected. In fact, it probably will be. Mm, yeah, great point of just like <laughs> we don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, and no, we gotta leave ourselves open to surprise. Yeah, and they could be amazing surprises or they could be not amazing surprises, but it's just like stressing about it won't change it. It'll it'll only take that present moment away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done, but <laughs> excellent point to consider for sure. 
Um, so yeah, thank you for turning that question back on me. Um, now that we're at the end, I'm sure that people are going to be like dying to find your website and your Instagram. We've mentioned it, but can you share how people can connect with you, how they can get your book, all that good stuff? Yeah. Studentofintention.com. Um, if you're not ready to buy the book, no sweat. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to my uh, weekly newsletter. It's free. It gets delivered every Tuesday. It's a little short story to uh, spark self-discovery. And um, you can check out my Instagram. It's bdysart. Uh, I'm not there very much. I'm, I'm more active <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, so, so, you know, catch me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Bobby Dysart. Um, or if you want, yeah, grab a copy of the book. would love to, uh, to have you read it and, and journey along with me. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today and for, um, sharing some amazing, um, insights. You got it, Elizabeth. Thank you.